The following podcast is a Dear Media production. She's a lifestyle blogger extraordinaire. Fantastic. And he's a serial entrepreneur. A very smart cookie. And now Lauren Everts and Michael Bostick are bringing you along for the ride. Get ready for some major realness. Welcome to the Skinny Confidential, him and her. Aha! To be really healthy, it takes time, energy, resources, money, and that's not saying that, oh, everything has to cost a lot of money, but it is understanding that if I want to be healthy, I have to own what I put in my body or what I don't, you know, how I move or how I don't move. And owning those choices, I think is really, that's what I enjoy doing is helping motivate people to saying it's all possible, whatever you want is possible, but you have to own those decisions. And it always comes down to a choice, even though those choices might be harder. Get excited. You are going to love this episode. It checks all the boxes that you love. Wellness, lab testing, vitamins. We talk to two incredible doctors and we go everywhere in this episode. We have a powerhouse couple on the show today. Both of them powerhouses. Dr. Craig Conover and Dr. Kelly Conover, married duo, really taking the health world by storm with Conover Wellness and Conover Aesthetics. Both of them in their own rights are incredible. Uh, And Lauren and I have had the pleasure of being able to work with both of them now. Um, Dr. Conover working with some of the biggest names in business, entertainment, sports, can't necessarily say who, but um, some of the big ones. Some of the big ones. Michael's like, Michael wants to tell everyone so bad, but he's a doctor. So you can't say anything who it is, but think big names who are super respected in the wellness community. Yes, and we cover a lot of ground on this episode, especially after the last two years we've all been living in. We cover all sorts of topics from health, what's going on with COVID, vaccines, uh, you know, ivermectin. I know that's been a hot topic. We talk about skin in Kelly's world, skin youth, how to keep our cells fresh. I mean, we really go all over the place. And again, this is from a doctor's perspective to doctor's perspective, which was important for us because, you know, obviously Lauren and I, we're opinionated podcasters, but not necessarily medical experts. And so we thought, hey, let's bring two of them on here, two very well-respected medical experts on the show. That being said, one thing we do talk about on this episode is NAD. And at the time we recorded this, as you know, we batched some of these a little bit, we had not had experience. Lauren still does not. But I do now, and I actually work with Dr. Conover to do my first administration of a, what is called an NAD loading dose. So in this episode, you'll hear us talk about NAD and the benefits. Dr. Conover, I think, has some of the most experience in the nation administering NAD. And so since we've done this episode, I've actually worked with him and his team and done a full loading dose. It took about 10 days um, every kind of other day. I did two days on, one day off, and then two days on, and then the weekend off, and then I finished on a Monday and basically felt absolutely fucking incredible after. You were like like Hercules. It was kind of annoying. Like you were just like singing and dancing and moving and loud and funny. I don't really know. I don't really know how to explain it until you've done it, but I don't know if I can do it though. Cause it's so much needles. Well, it's just, it's an IV, everybody. It's intravenous. Um, and, uh, and again, we talk about it in detail in this episode. And I'm sure like if you go to Dr. Conover's website, Conover Wellness, you can check out all the benefits of NAD if you're unfamiliar. But again, we dive deep into it here. All I want to say is that since we've recorded, once you hear me talk to him in the beginning, you know, I'm kind of asking the questions, what is it? What are the benefits? All these things. And at that time I hadn't done it. But since then I have done it and I am a big fan. 
I can tell. I feel like maybe I'll wear my relief band and I can maybe do it, but it's a lot of needles one day. So brief introduction on Dr. Craig Conover and Kelly Conover. Dr. Craig is the founder of Conover Wellness. He is a health and human performance expert with nearly a quarter of a century of experience in groundbreaking innovation and nutrient science driven protocols for performance and longevity. Dr. Kelly Conover has an MBA from the Citadel and a doctorate in health administration from the Medical University of South Carolina. She is also trained and certified to offer microneedling, laser skin resurfacing, chemical peels, photofacial IPL therapy, dermaplaning, and an array of energy treatments, and more. Boom, that's a mouthful. As I said, both of them extremely talented. On that note, let's welcome the powerhouse couple behind Conover Wellness, Dr. Conover and his wife, Dr. Kelly Conover. This is the Skinny Confidential, him and her. So I guess first what I want to start out is the background of how you both met and if you were in your professions that you're in now when you guys met. So we met because, well, we met in 2015. Kelly inquired about how to be a patient and she called (laughs) me. We'd both been through some bad divorces, but we were in like different places and I remember telling my friend when I got off the phone, like, there was something interesting about that phone call. And then three weeks later, like, we did some lab testing. She came in and I was like, I knew it. And um, at the time, she was dating someone else. And she actually brought her boyfriend for me to see as a patient. And then at some point, several weeks later, I was like, I I have to dismiss you as a patient. You know what I would have done? I would have (laughs) given him a fat peptide to make yeah. him fat and just yeah. started injecting. To see what happens. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Use him as a game. Man, this guy's levels are not looking <laughs> yeah. good. He's not going to yeah, be the one. We're not so sure about him. <laughs> I'm so, sure you were attracted to Kelly because of her beautiful skin. That's in part. Yeah. She's the most beautiful skin, you guys. She's glowing. Oh. Were you doing what you do now when no. you met? I was doing a doctorate in health administration. So my plan at the time was to do what most everyone else in the cohort was doing, just senior level position in a healthcare organization. But I'd always love skin. I knew I didn't want to go back to be a dermatologist. I knew I didn't want to be an esthetician. So I was kind of in this crux, like, how do I pair my passion with my background and, and experience? So I actually went and got a laser certification and started doing medical grade lasers. Fell in love. Fell in love with medical grade skincare. As you know from your book, if it's something you're passionate about, it's really easy. So you just study, study, study all of the the research, the continuing education is just, it's awesome. Um, we opened the business together. We expanded well, we, well, his... Back up. We, we opened it because she's like, aha, my boyfriend's a doctor. <laughs> so that was a missing piece so, of the puzzle. So now yeah. I can actually do what I want. Yeah. So that's what we did. And it was awesome. Yeah. Or it is awesome. So you guys opened a practice together. Well, I had my existing practice. Right. Okay. And then she opened a separate, the skin business on top of that. And then we've morphed it together over time. Right. So wellness and now aesthetics. The aesthetics is seven years old. When I first got introduced to Dr. Conover, I was talking, I was trying to explain like exactly, you know, what it is you do, do an assortment of things. And now together, when, when you describe your practice together to patients or prospective patients or people listening, how do you, how do you describe it now? So I think on the, I mean, we, it's still kind of distinct a little bit in sure. that there's the wellness side and there's the aesthetic side. So I describe it as practicing performance medicine. We help people not only feel their best over time, but perform their best. And then it's worked really well with the aesthetic because as people feel their best, they want to look their best and vice versa. And so that's what we're really trying to achieve with people. And so the majority, like, how would you describe the majority of your patients that come and see you? I guess it probably ranges the spectrum, but... Right. 
the average patient? Uh, what are they looking for? The well that want to be super well. It's, yep. It seems to me it's people who are high performers yep. that want to be the best version of themselves and they want to get 1% better even if they already are, are at a superior level. It's true. Right? Yeah. And I mean, I do see some people with complicated medical problems who are looking for options who want outside the box kind of thought processes. But for the most part, yeah, like Kelly said, the well, you want to be super well, peak performers. I want to talk more about the outside the box thinkers because that's why I wanted both of you on the podcast. Yep. You guys both have a very different approach, in my opinion. I love it. It's for, for people, like you said, that think outside the box. How would you describe your practices to someone who's listening that wants more information and how is it outside the box? That's a good question. Do you want to go first? Well, specifically on the aesthetic side, and I think he he kind of um, broached on it, we try and treat the whole person. So just like he said, you know, when you feel better on the inside, you're more motivated to take care of what's on the outside and vice versa. So I tell folks, it's really, we haven't accomplished much if your skin looks great and you're depressed and anxious and tired all the time. So I think that's where our practice really combines the two. So it's more the inside out approach to health and wellness and therefore beauty. And I think also I'll add to that, I, I really enjoy giving people options. And I think that the only way for people to make progress is to try things. And so I don't like this whole generic advice, right? Like, cause that's what most people are used to and they subscribe to and they go see a doctor, or they, whatever they do, like, okay, you know, don't eat carbs, eat kale salad, you know, just things that we think are good that may be true, but that may not be true. And I think it applies both to wellness, applies to skincare, applies to everything in life. Is like the only way we're going to make progress is to try it. I totally agree with you because I just found out that kale is really bad for your thyroid and I don't have a, a great thyroid. So I think that that is so true. If someone told me to just eat kale salad, I'd be fucking up my thyroid. Yeah. Right. It's funny. Some things are like religion to people. We we yeah. can't, we had we bash kale salad or kale one time on the show and people were pissed, right? They're like, don't yeah. go after like our kale. kale. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. And I, but again, I, I love your approach because it is this, it's an individualistic approach, right? Yes. It's like you're not just saying, hey, blanket statement, do these things. No. But high level, I mean, and I want to really get granular here as we go along, but when you look at the majority of people and you and you see their like I guess their levels or, or their yep. labs or whatever you're looking at, are there certain things that people are lacking that you're like, hey, this is a supplement I want you on? You know, you can yep. blanketly say like this is good for everybody, like maybe three, four, five essentials. Yeah. So we do a lot of testing, whether it's hormones, nutrients, metabolic markers. So in general, I mean, there's some of it's which people know most people are insufficient in vitamin D. Most people don't get enough fatty acids you know, healthy fat from their food. Most people don't get enough B vitamins. And then hormonally, what we see is over time, people just can't keep up with hormonal demands. Whether it's females, it's thyroid, it's become an epidemic. Men, it's testosterone. But then all of us collectively, particularly with the pandemic and stress, cortisol, you know, our stress hormone. And then from there, there's a whole host of other kind of downstream effects. So for listeners that are, you know, maybe they're not at your practice right now and they don't have access, but they can start so, like doing certain things to get those levels yep. up. Are there, are there things you're like, hey, I, I recommend blanketly that people should start using X, Y, and Z? I think, that, I mean, I keep it very short list because I think it is individualized. I think given people's state of mind with particularly COVID and their immune system, like everyone needs more vitamin D, like five to 10,000 international units a day. I think start there. And I think the data is showing that, right? I think the data has become that there is an issue with, you know, people getting more severe infection from low vitamin D levels. 
it blows my mind that there's not more people talking on a mic or on a television about how we can improve our immune system. I, I don't understand why everyone's so focused on, we'll say, other things as opposed to how can we strengthen our immune system so we don't get COVID or so if we do get COVID, we have a strong foundation. What are some things that we can be doing, mm-hmm. whether it's, you know, taking walks, like little things that we can mm-hmm. be doing that will strengthen that foundation? I mean, I think some of the etiologies, because the, the narrative isn't really about health. I mean, the narrative's about this virus and getting a vaccine. But if we dig down, a lot of people who are getting sick, and if we look demographically, there's comorbid disease. Like, we're not talking about healthy eating. We never have. We're not talking about vitamin supplementation. It's just not accepted. And so, yeah, people need more vitamin D. People, I think a really good philosophy for people because people struggle with stress, sleep, is try to live your life like people did in primitive times, right? Like you rise with the sun, you go to bed with the sun. You exercise like every day. You move your body. Simple things. I think Mm -hmm. like some of our biggest problems is, you know, how long have we been in this pandemic now? 18 months, two years, or however Mm -hmm. long it's been. Yeah, 18 months. And Throughout this whole time, there's been very little focus on things that, but to your point, how do you boost your immune system? How do you get healthier? Like there's no, there's not, there's not a lot of big, I mean, there are some, but there's not a lot of big voices that are putting an emphasis on that. It's, it's already like, it's just these quick fixes. Like you got to do this mm-hmm. without long-term thought or implication. Yeah. It's frustrating. From a, from a medical standpoint, how do you, like, when you, when you're talking to your patients now, how are you consulting them? I think, I mean, it's, you know, I, the patients that we see for the most part, you know, they've adopted this personal responsibility in their life. And I think that separates them from potentially the masses who are used to going to see a doctor and they're given three prescriptions right off the bat because we're not really interested. Pharmaceuticals are fine, but we're interested in really helping people. So the we people get we granular s- when you say personal responsibility, meaning like they've, they recognize that their health is, is their responsibility. Correct. Right. Yeah. Like, and they understand that. To be really healthy, it takes time, energy, resources, money. And that's not saying that, oh, everything has to cost a lot of money. But it is understanding that if I want to be healthy, I have to own what I put in my body or what I don't, you know, how I move or how I don't move. And owning those choices, I think, is really, that's what I enjoy doing is helping motivate people to saying it's all possible. Whatever you want is possible, but you have to own those decisions. And it always comes down to a choice even though those choices might be harder, right? Like some people have harder choices. They've been dealt a very, you know, a more difficult hand per se. But I think the people that I talk to, yeah, I mean, there's not a lot of fear, but there's some fear that, wow, because we we got COVID in August and we got it really bad. It was very, it was a struggle for us. And, it, and we've asked ourselves, we're not the healthiest, but we're healthier than most. Like what happened there? And it was kind of- It an was eye, scary. It was scary at times. I mean, I was on oxygen, I was hospitalized, the works. And so there, there's a lot of unknowns with this. So coming back to your question about what do I ask my, or talk about my patients is we got to stay focused on what we can control, you know, and yeah, it's even simple things. And so this collective stress of, okay, watching the news, that's not a good thing. Sure. You know, keeping score of what COVID case, that's not healthy for us, but keeping focused on the things you can control in your life, that is way more healthier. I also think too, you really have to tap into what kind of mindset you're in. If you're in a scarcity mindset where, like you said, you're watching the news and looking at everyone who's dying and looking at all and just stressing yourself out with fear, that's not good for your immune system. Terrible. 
So you almost have to shift your mindset into, okay, this is the situation we're in. Like you said, I can't control it. So what can I do for myself to make myself healthier? And and also working on your brain. Like, can you write a book in quarantine? Can you do something productive? Can you go on more walks? Can you be in nature more? So I think one thing that the way we would approach that is, you know, you get people to the finish line, show them the results. Like, for example, on the skin side, they come in and do a laser treatment or get some Botox. Now they feel better in a couple days, just how they look. Well, now they're going to be more motivated to want to feel better, right? And same thing on the wellness side. We give them IVs or peptides or NAD. Within a matter of days, they have more energy. Now they're going to be like, okay, I want to own this more. We are going into the holidays. And let's be real, family time is hard. People are going to be drinking, throwing some back, maybe some wine, maybe some bourbon, maybe some margaritas. I don't know how hard your family is. I know that I can feel a little rough in the morning after the holidays. So thank God for no days wasted. They are having their biggest sale of the year, okay? 30% off all orders this week for Black Friday. So you want to be prepared for the holidays, for family time. You want to bounce back after all your holiday parties, okay? So forget the nausea, forget the brain fog, forget the anxiety. No Days Wasted is here for you. And that is because they have DHM Detox, okay? In their packets, it's an herbal supplement packed with antioxidants and anti-inflammatory ingredients. We love anti-inflammatory over here. And it's the vitamin for when you drink. I'm really about this because everything is all natural. It's an herbal supplement. I like to take two capsules after my first margarita or glass of wine, and then it goes to work. I don't need to worry about it. If you are not on the DHM detox train, you are missing out because the day after you drink is important. You don't want that to go to waste. You want to wake up, you want to do your morning routine, your meditation, whatever. And you should know that No Days Wasted is completely risk-free. So it's a risk-free purchase. If you don't love it, they'll refund you on your first box. I know you're going to love it though. I'm telling you, like I swear by this, all my friends love it. And of course, we have a special 30% off your order and free shipping in the US for Black Friday. You're going to head over to nodayswasted.co slash skinny30 and use promo code skinny30 at checkout. That's nodayswasted.co slash skinny for 30% off your order. Speaking of NAD, I've heard a lot of different things about it. I would love to know some things like that that both of you implement in your day-to-day that you think make a, a big difference over time. Yeah, we're big, big fans of NAD. So NAD is this B3 vitamin derivative, been in use for a long time, but we use it intravenously. Kelly uses it a lot more than I do. She, she It's amazing. Yeah. Does it hurt your stomach? You know, the very first time or first few times I did it, it does, but you get used to it. Like, are you shitting your pants or does it just give the you a cramp? The first time, yeah, there was there was some dicey moments. And, and why is that? Is it removing toxins or it's removing... I don't think it's a toxin remover. It's just kind of activating. The way I think of it, it's like cellular exercise. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's kind of a challenge to your cells, just like we do hard workouts and it's you're huffing and puffing, you're out of breath, but you stay with it because you know what comes after. NAD is very much like that. Like you're exercising your cells. And so it's super good for our nervous system, good for our mitochondria. And I think it's a huge safety net in terms of preventing disease, preventing cancer, preventing aging, all these wonderful tools that we were looking for. Okay, now I'm going to do it. It's amazing. You can turn it down too. So if you get the the sensation you don't like, you just turn it down, it goes away immediately. So what how, causes the chest pain? 
Yeah, so we think two reasons. No one's going to be able to tell you directly, but I think two reasons. Number one, not to get too technical, but when we give people NAD, we increase something called the NAD to NADH ratio mm -hmm. in their mitochondria. That's the battery maker of the cell. And doing so, we stimulate something called mitochondrial fission. Fission is the removal of the defective mitochondrial DNA. So it's like the cleanup. So it's, it's, it's pushing it out. It's just like cleaning up, the, cleaning up the debris. Okay. Yeah, okay. and that's number one. Number two, intracellular NAD converts to something called adenosine, this molecule, and that causes the same symptoms. So how do you implement this in your routine? Is it once a week? Is it every day? I would do it multiple times a week if I could. It's usually about once a week, once every other week, depending on the schedule. You know, it takes about an hour to get through it. And, you know, you've got the pole, it's in your arm. So it's, it's a little it, bit it, which of is like vitamin, vitamins, Lauren, or, you know, like vitamin you know, C drips. needles. I'm not impressed by much. It's amazing. Wait, what do you notice after doing it? You know, so that's the interesting thing. Lots of people will say, I notice more energy. I sleep better. I have more clarity, more focus. I can't really tell you definitively one thing, but I can definitely tell you when I don't have it. Yeah. And for me, I don't really notice much except it's wiped out my migraines. Like I've gotten chronic migraines since I was 13 years old, eight to 12 I've had a them year. my whole life. Yeah, eight to 12 a year. I get a visual aura, I can't see, then get, I mean, it wipes out my day. When I started NAD, it was probably five years ago, I, my migraines are almost non-existent. Now. Oh, that's interesting. I get at least two or three really bad ones a month. Oh, yeah, oh, so we'll, we'll get you going NAD, it'll, it'll change your life. And mm -hmm. so, but most people in general, because we've overseen probably more NAD treatments than anywhere else in the world, most people, it's like your, your nervous system is coming back online. The light bulb's been turned on. You handle stress better, you sleep better, your mood's better, colors look brighter, all these things. It's legit. You can't pinpoint one thing that you think that it's made a big difference with? So I, I knew you would ask this. Possibly skin, actually. So if you look back, and it's not one of those things that I just felt like overnight, but I can look back at photos in the couple of years that I've been doing NAD. The texture of my skin, the clarity of my skin, it's, it's again, I can't pinpoint one yeah. thing, but I do notice that. One of our friends here in Austin we're going to have dinner with tonight, and this we met him years ago through doing NAD. And he's a professional cyclist. And he called me, he did a full series and he called me. He's like, first of all, I train my rest, my heart rate while I'm riding my bike at certain intervals was, was 160, 165. He said, I can't get it past 135 now. Hmm. That's a huge advantage. Yeah. He said, the second thing is I was at dinner and several people said to me, what are you doing? You, your skin looks so good. So we, we do hear that a lot. Yeah, your skin is like very shiny and plump. Glowing. Yeah, it's glowy. Oh, I could, thank I, you. I really, I swear, like I, that's the first thing I looked at when I came in. It's, you have beautiful skin. Well, thank you. It's, it's really dry here in this climate, but I appreciate it. Like it, I said, it, I do work on it. You look like you have humidifier skin. You know, it's so funny. So I read <laughs> that in your book and I'm getting ready to get the combo that you did with Canopy. <laughs> Yeah, that's awesome. I would have brought you one if I had one at home. I, I don't have one at home yet. I only have mine that's set up. So they're right. just shipping out next week. What is it? It's, it's a, a humidifier. humidifier. We oh, need to be interviewing you, Lauren, because I have so many questions. Both of you. No, <laughs> so no, 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 no. She should be a little more interesting. I want to go back <laughs> to what you guys do as a couple that's wellnessy every day. Like, are, are you waking well, up taking walks? Little tiny yeah, things. We do walks. But we do walk. I think the big segmented thing that's been a change for us in the last 18 months is we do our infrared sauna together every night. We're just Almost getting one of those put in. We haven't had one for... How long do you guys do it? A good hour. An hour. You sit in there for an hour. We're infrared, addicted, not, though. Not We're abnormal. Correct. Okay. Infrared. What are the benefits of that? I mean, so many fold. Just cleansing, right? You're sweating. You're heating up your body from the inside out. So you're activating these heat shock proteins. It's like stressing you in ways which is difficult to do. 
And then, then you're, then for us though, I think, which isn't talked about as much as when you, know, you can relate to your partner, have meaningful conversation, like Just that relaxing. connection, right? From a meaning perspective that takes stress out, helps you connect bond. That is super healthy. It sounds like mushrooms. Yeah. I'm similar. Mean, similar. <laughs> But, what are but, you guys' thoughts on psychedelics? I feel like you're the perfect people to ask. Yeah, so the, off the record, you know, like because because they're 100 percent illegal, I, I think there's a lot of validity to using them as therapeutic tools. I think the trouble with them, if you look from the outside in, is or they get a bad reputation is people using them recreationally. Yeah, partying and stuff, partying and stuff, and that's how they're mostly used. But if you look at, you know, there's data now coming from Johns Hopkins and other big institutions using them as tools for help with PTSD, anxiety, depression. I, It'd be hard to find how that would be bad for someone. I think we need to get an infrared sauna so we can have meaningful conversations because I almost stabbed you on the way over here. <laughs> <laughs> Let me ask you this from a, from a dog. I love how he changes this. I'm not going to win on that. Yeah. So I'm, I'm moving on. Um, from a doctor's perspective, yeah. I imagine sometimes there's frustration when, for what you do, you're looking at so many different options for so many different people. Right. And then especially with what we're going through right now, there, there's a, a much narrower focus, right? It's like, sure. this, is the, this is the prescription. This is the narrow focus. Does that frustrate you? That's a good question. Not really, because I see my role as, as helping to educate people. And I, I learned long ago that I, I can't help everyone, right? And so a lot of it's timing, mm -hmm. right? And, and if, if someone has already become their own expert and wants to argue with me, then we're just not going to be able to sort it out. So I don't emotionally get connected to that. I can try to explain things. I can try to educate people. I can't with everyone. So, you know, and a lot of it's just timing. And there's a lot of fear now. There's a lot of fear and a lot of pushback to that. And I just, I think with one of the problems with this whole pandemic is that we're not allowed to ask questions and we're, and we're not making progress because we're told this is the truth. And once you start asking questions, my philosophy is you have to question everything. And then if you don't do that, then we're not going to make any progress. It's so weird how you can't ask questions. That's mm -hmm. the weirdest thing. Like if, if I asked a question on social media, you would get attacked. It's so weird how we're just supposed so to stand polarized. in line and just say, take it. just take it. And right. no one can ask any questions. That's where I was like, this is fucking weird. Mm -hmm. Oh, it is. And I'm all for people doing what's best for them. Like, be educated and make a choice for you and your family. Awesome. All day long. And I, and, but we can't agree to disagree anymore. And we, but we need to. We, we have to be able to disagree to make progress. And we have I to learn from each other. If you are an outspoken person, someone who I really admire is like Joe Rogan, how he speaks out on, on things. Yeah. Then it 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 is if you are outspoken, like you maybe should continue to pull that into what we're going through now. Like it it's sad to me that a lot of people are just sh are shutting up. Well, well I they're think getting I, canceled. The yeah. bigger thing that I have issue with this and and is the way people publicly say things and what they privately say, right? Like right. I I know so I mean especially doing with what mm -hmm. we do. Yeah, I know so many people that are saying one thing or not saying one thing and then acting a completely different way in their private life. And it's and I ask why, and it's because what you said, they're scared of pushing back. And I think that's a really dangerous position to be in society because people are not actually saying and doing what they actually are doing and thinking. Right. Right. They're just they're they're just following along, but then they're acting a completely different way. Right. Yeah, there's a there's a disconnect. 
Major disconnect. And I wonder, like, again, like from a medical standpoint, like how many doctors are worried to step up and say like, hey, lots. like lots, right? Like from a medical standpoint, they, people don't want to get in trouble or they don't want to get in hot water. Or they don't want to say something that's outside of, you know, what they think they should say. And I think that's limiting for us as a society to learn like, hey, are there other paths forward that could also be valuable? For sure. Right. But I get it. Like your medical license is your livelihood. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. if there's some powers that be could that could remove that, that's, you know, there's fear there. And it's entrenched. I mean, this is not a recent thing. This whole pharmaceutical model of medicine and all of the fear-based thinking, that's that's not recent with COVID. That's always been there. So yeah, for anyone like to buck setup. that system, that's tough. You know, it's interesting because you, you guys have a um, young child too. That's where I worry about it the most. It's very much a sit down, shut up, get in line. Like we have removed all creative thinking from the schools. That's that's a problem. Yeah, I um. I want my daughter to always question everything. Right. Question me. Question my husband. Right. Question. That's how the, I was. That's brought how we're going right? to learn. You ask questions, and and right. when she starts standing in line, I would sit down with her and I would say it's really important to think for yourself. Well, this right. this Absolutely. may rub people the wrong way, which I have a tendency to do sometimes. But I I tend to zone out a lot of time when any argument starts with smart and educated people say this because what mm. I think is. Listen, there's nothing wrong with being smart and educated, but there's also the argument that a lot of smart and educated people figured out how to go through a modern school system and follow rules and follow procedures and memorize things and not really question, you know, and do things in a different way. And and the reason sometimes I zone out is I was a terrible student. I I had a really difficult time listening in class and paying attention and and doing things the other way students did. But I always figured out a way to do things and I, you know, graduated college early and it was typically by going outside of what people that were advanced in school were able to do. I just couldn't do it. Right. Right. And it's, I, I've done okay in my life and in my career by doing things a different way. And I would hate to think that my kid or somebody else's kid would be stifled from thinking in a different way or mm -hmm. doing things in their own way or questioning why they're doing something. And I think to your point, that's kind of the area we're moving into. It's like everyone has to do things the exact same way. And if you do it differently or say things differently or have a different opinion, you you get ostracized it's a bit. It's kind of group think. What is, well, it's collectivism. And so our, our country, the spirit of being American, for example, was founded on this individuality that I'm going to ask questions and push back. And now we're being corralled totally against that. It's this collectivism that you're no longer an individual. You just have to do what's best for the collective. And that is every society who's gone down that path has failed. I um, got in an argument with some of our friends. One of them, maybe they're listening. They're from <laughs> Australia. I don't care, honestly. <laughs> um, and they were trying to tell me about all the things. I mean, Australia's gone to fucking hell right. in a handbasket, right. so mm -hmm. maybe not as good example anymore. But they were trying to tell me all of the reason why the U.S. should do things like Australia's done things. And I'm like, listen, mm. if you really believe that, why are you in the US? Mm -hmm. Why not just go to Australia where it already exists? And it's not like like it or leave it type argument, but my whole thing is like, they were saying Americans are arrogant for not a, for thinking that we should do things our way while they were arguing about how we need to adopt to do things their way. And I'm like, Makes no sense. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm like, the point is, is we have options in this world to live and move, especially with modern technology and transportation to go where you want to go. And if you don't like something like why are you trying to change it to something else, right? Like there's, there is that option. It already mm -hmm. exists, right? Like if you yeah. love Australia, go to Australia. Yeah. And I think, I think right. we're, I think we're being played by the, the major media outlets, you know, it's, they're telling this narrative and it's instilling fear. But if you look at the numbers, like, you know, their ratings, they get a million to 2 million people watching a night on these big primetime shows. There's 350 million people in this country. The vast majority of people aren't even paying attention. I feel like, 
And I think most people agree with our thought process, but you wouldn't know it. It's the vocal people who are polarizing that stand out. Yeah, I think I think the pendulum's going to swing. I think I think we're about to. I think people who are oversharers and outspoken are about to start fucking shit up. You're seeing that some with some of these celebrities that are coming forward. Well, just I mean, but it's going to come down like we that we use a specialty lab to draw blood and send our specimens, and we just got an email that because we have to ship it by FedEx. We just got an email that because FedEx workforce has been reduced by 30 to 40% right now, they're not sure that they can handle the specimens in a timely fashion. That's a major problem. And it's things like that because vaccine mandates, people being told what they have to do is going to trickle down in a negative way. What do you think? And I would love to know both of your opinions, what you both think is going to happen with everything that's going on right now with COVID, the vaccines, like in the next five years, like where do you guys see this going? My mornings start with a chilled chlorophyll lemon water. It is my thing. Every morning I wake up, I go downstairs. I do a bunch of ice. I know you're supposed to do it hot, but I like it iced. I do tons of ice water and then I put lemon in there. Sometimes I throw in mint or ginger. And then I always do my Saqqara detox water drops. They're these chlorophyll drops that I'm absolutely in love with. I actually got inspired by Kylie Jenner. She was drinking chlorophyll water. And then I was like, oh my God, it's so good for you. I was just drinking it in high altitude. I need to bring it into my home every single morning. So chlorophyll is really anti-inflammatory. It's good for your blood. And Sakara talks about all the detox benefits that it has too. You can Google the Skinny Confidential Chlorophyll. I've talked about it many times before. I'm very into this. It's a daily toxin defense. They also have these beauty water drops that come with it. And you can also order a menu of their creative chef-crafted breakfasts, lunches, and dinners that change weekly so you never get bored. Everything is fresh. They have these organic ready-to-eat meals that are made of powerful plant-rich ingredients. As you can see, they're really a wellness company that's rooted in the power of plant-based foods. They take their ingredients very seriously, which is why I have their chlorophyll every single morning. And I'm a big, big fan of their meals. I just feel like they're always delicious and they support gut health and energy and immunity and health. I had the founders of Sakar Life on the podcast. We went through everything. I'm obsessed with the brand. You have to check it out. Right now, Sakar is offering our listeners 20% off your first order when you go to sakara.com slash skinny or enter skinny at checkout. That's Sakara S-A-K-A-R-A dot com slash skinny to get 20% off your first order. Sakara.com slash skinny. I mean, I think I won't speak for Kelly, but I mean, I'm a perpetual optimist. I think there's going to be a lot of, there's going to be many silver linings we probably don't realize. Number one, it's forcing us to focus on health in a way we haven't and to talk about things related to our individual health that most people probably haven't. I think it's forcing this issue of, you know, where do we want our society to go and how free do we want to be and what that really means. I think, you know, you look at just what happened after 9-11 and how we came together as a country, but a couple of years after that, people forgot about that. Like as the spirit of our country, I think has been dismantled very quickly. And I think it's going to help to reinforce that over time. What do you think? I, I agree completely. I think the other thing is we are going to have to start asking some hard questions. I don't get into people's religious or political beliefs. I was raised that it does take all kinds of cons, but where we're at today is 
is pretty dangerous if you think about it. I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on. And certainly for someone with a child, we're going to have to pump the brakes here soon and start really questioning a lot of the things that are being forced and pushed on us. So ultimately, I think it will be a good thing, right? Because it it always is. I think it gets worse before it gets better. Yeah, I don't think we're there yet. Why are we living in a world where people can't have different opinions? That's what that's for me. What is so crazy? It's like we're to a point where we all have to have the same damn opinion. I, I just don't understand that way of thought. I think well, not to get too far down this rabbit hole, but I think it's been entrenched over the last several decades by the powers that be, the political elite, if we want to call them, who have instructed us to just shut up and take it and just obey, stop asking questions, so that that mindset of people is 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 there for a lot of people. And so that's where people are. And I think the other thing too is, once pe- since people are so down far that path, even though they're waking up to this doesn't feel right, they're defending that position because they don't want to admit oh my goodness, how have I lived my life for the past 20 years just, you know, blindly agreeing to do whatever? There's a lack of accountability. I think there's a a mass lack of accountability that stems and creates a a lot of problems, right? And when I say that, I mean, if you're somebody that's not being accountable for your life and taking personal accountability for your health, for your relationships, for your financial well-being, for your work ethic, for anything, basically anything in your life, extreme ownership, what happens then is it's almost comforting in a way to be like, listen, I'm just going to listen and do what I'm told. And I kind of like it because now I don't have to think. And now I have an excuse about why things exist. People really don't like when I say that, but it's true. Like I, you know, I always tell everybody on my team, like everything's my fault, literally everything. If, if, even if somebody on the team outside of me makes a mistake, I'm like, well, I should have been communicating or we should have set up a system or whatever. Like I yeah. take the accountability. And what that does is it trickles down to the entire team where like that. anytime there's an issue, everyone takes that ownership. And what happens is the entire company, everybody rallies around and says, let's help that person. Right. Or if it's this constant culture of blame and I'm never going to take accountability, you just kind of stay in the same place and flounder and nothing gets done. And I think to my to round it out, you get comfortable and you're like, I kind of just want people to tell me what to do and I'll listen and then I don't have to take accountability. Yeah. Right? It's a larger issue. But but that's true leadership, what you're doing. I mean, taking complete ownership, that is leadership. You know, it all ultimately comes back to you regardless of what's going on. That's hard though. No, it's it's hard, and I and I get why people, you know, especially with you take a an issue like a pandemic. It's yep. it's easier to just say, you know what, like I'm, you know, I just want to I just want to be told what to do. I want to take a step back. I don't want to step outside the line. I don't want to question anything. It's an it's an easier approach. It's a harder approach to do this and question and say like why why why, especially because you make yourself a target, right? But there's a lot of people that probably have those thoughts in the back of their mind and want people to ask the questions. They just might have not have the courage to do it themselves. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think tying it back to health and skin is people need well need is relative, but hopefully people can wake up and say hey. I want the best skin for myself. I want the best health. It comes down to me owning everything and being, you know, empowered to make all those choices. And I'm not just going to go take this medicine because my doctor told me, or I'm not going to use this whatever cleansing product because it's cheap. Speaking of of skin and health, I do want to, I want to know what is something that Kelly has taught you about skin. And I want to know something that yeah. Dr. Craig has taught you about health. You go first. I think, well, probably the biggest is that because, you know, everyone who sees Kelly is like, oh my gosh, your skin. Yeah, it's really like, beautiful. You guys like, have to go amazing. look at her Instagram. Yeah, like it's amazing <laughs> and glows. And then I see that she takes care of her skin, you know, in ways that people take care of their nutrition and their fitness. Mm-hmm. Like she has her regimen and she doesn't miss it. Like her and sunscreen and with our son, like 
you're not leaving the house until you have not only sunscreen on, but you've got three bottles in your pocket for two <laughs> hours from now. How old your son? 11. He'll be 12 in December. Oh, I. when do I need to get Zaza on sunscreen? Yesterday. At sun one protective and a half? clothing is good for her. Okay, yeah. okay. sun protective clothing. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Don't you dare take her in the pool without sun protective clothing. Yeah, because you don't have to, it doesn't wash off. Okay. You know, so that's ideal for that age. You don't get it all in their eyes and all of that. Okay, I'm going to get that. Okay, so so Kelly has taught you to treat your skin like nutrition. It's a it's a regimen, and it, and the more disciplined you are, the better results you're going to have. Okay. The yeah. biggest unlock for me with understanding skin was when they people described it as saying it's like it's one of the large or is the largest cell in your body. I might yeah. be butchering mm-hmm. that, right? And as soon as I understand it from that perspective, I was like, oh, you have to take care of it how you would in the right. gym or how you would with your diet. Exactly. I mean, I'm not. I don't have the best, but before I just thought it took care of itself. Right? Sure. You know, it'll just be it'll just do what it wants to do. You do have great skin. He he works on it. Very hard. He Good. uses a retinol yeah. twice a week. Dr. Dennis Gross. He does Elemis. <laughs> he does my oil. He ice rolls. He does work at it. I do get That's the benefit good. of sitting on this show and talking to people you like do, yourself. Though, I'd have need to be to, a real duller to not You do need to wear um, sunscreen more, though. No, I don't do, th- I don't do that Yes, well. he does. Okay. So I want, before we get into skin, though, I want you to tell me something that Dr. Craig has taught you about wellness that you maybe didn't see before you guys got together. Well, he's taught me so much, not only about wellness, but life. He's literally the most amazing human mm. I've ever met. Aww. And that's the truth. That's sweet. But I think he's taught me about stress. So I'm someone that stresses on just about everything, it, it seems like, depending on the day. I take a lot. We can relate um, on that. Yeah, I put a lot on my plate and I obviously hold myself to a, a certain standard and that can be overwhelming at times. So I think you've taught me just the importance of that stress relief. It's like, it is so damaging. More so even than not exercising or, or eating poorly, like the amount of stress that we just really weighs us down. Let, so let's stay on that for that. a minute because yeah. you do have an extremely calm demeanor. And I imagine mm-hmm. that has to do with many things that you've learned and that you actually do. But from a, again, from your perspective, what kind of damages are we inflicting on ourselves with stress, especially now? I, I think it's the probably the core, if we really drill down to it, of cancer, heart disease, autoimmune disease, mental breakdown, right? And I could spend the rest of the time talking about how this how I see it biochemically and how we kind of put out cortisol and respond to it. But there's an analogy I like to use, which helps sum it up is this was years ago. I don't know if I heard this directly from the parents or a story It was about Halloween and trick or treating. And these parents said, yeah, we let our kids trick or treat for sure. But once they get home, we take that candy. And it's like that you taking the candy is so much more stressful than letting them eat some sugar like it's okay like we can handle that as humans and even as kids but you coming in and stealing their their candy after they've worked for it (laughs) yeah like and so i don't think people understand like we do this to ourselves all the time right like because we eat that piece of cake we say i'm a bad person right like i ate this bad this piece of cake well how do you know it's bad i can tell you it's bad because you if you believe it's bad it's bad right and so that is like what we focus on in our life is always what we get and to me, it's always a choice. So why would I want to tell myself some negativity ever? It's so interesting that you're bringing this up right now, especially in front of Michael, because I recently, and I bet you guys will know who this is, have become obsessed with Louise Hay. Mm-hmm. And she talks about exactly what you're saying mm-hmm. about monitoring your thoughts and how if you're having these stressful thoughts all the time, you're going to actually have it happen in real life. 
And it's so for sure, I mean, that's exactly what you're saying. It's like, why stress about the cake? You already ate mm-hmm. the cake. Just say, just turn it into something positive instead of being stressed. I do notice that our age specifically tends to run stressed about shit that doesn't even matter. Everyone does. I mean, we, we like to be micromanagers because we think that's how we achieve things. Okay, this is a lifesaver. Like it's going to change your life. I'm not even joking you. It's called Relief Band. I get car sick, which is so weird because I was never car sick when I was little. But lately, I get car sick. I don't know if it's because I'm looking at my phone sometimes and working, but it makes me sick whenever I'm in the car. And I have been using this and I'm telling you, it has prevented any nausea, any vomiting. Not that I vomit, but I do get nauseous and any car sickness. So Relief Band is the number one FDA cleared anti-nausea wristband that's been clinically proven to relieve nausea and vomiting, which is so wild. And it's 100% drug-free. It's non-drowsy and it gives you all natural, long-lasting relief. I know it works too, because not only does it work for me in the car, the one that I like, because there's different models, I like the Relief Band Sport. And I like it because it's waterproof. It's interchangeable bands. It also has an extended battery life. And I learned that how it works is it stimulates a nerve in your wrist that travels to the part of your brain that controls nausea. This is also awesome. Just a hot tip. If you're going to get a shot or you're going to the doctor, you have to get blood drawn. I get very, very sick. And I used mine when I had to get blood drawn the other day and it worked like a charm. So if you're hungover or you have anxiety, car sickness, seasickness, maybe you're pregnant, you got to try Relief Band. And as the holiday season quickly approaches, there's never been a better time to give the gift of relief and make sure your loved ones are feeling nausea free. Right now, Relief Band is running their biggest sale of the year. If you head to reliefband.com, you'll receive 25% off all orders. You don't even need a promo code. Don't miss out on this deal. That's relief, R-E-L-I-E-F, band, B-A-N-D.com and receive 25% off all orders through 1128. Yes. Right. Like we think that I thought about it, acted on it, executed, and that's why it happened. That may or may not be true, but the reverse is true. When you're focused on negativity and being, you know, having a bad day, guess what you get more of negativity and having more bad days. This is where, you know, like even if you take the micro example of the news, people get mad when, you know, we, we've told, we, we don't even have the cable in the house anymore. I just cut it because I was sick of seeing all this stuff. Yeah. And it's not that we're not aware or high level what's going on in the world, but what I found to not be beneficial was tuning in every second and deciding to be triggered or upset by it. Because that's what the news cycle does, right? It's like, sure. Right. Today, this happened, this happened, this happened. And people choose to say, well, this directly affects me right now when a lot of what's going on in the news has actually zero effect on their day-to-day life. And, and even been right. more benign things like, oh, there was a tsunami in the Fiji Islands. Like, okay, I get it. You want to have some empathy for that, but that's really not important to you. Yes. You know what I mean? Like we don't even, you know, 20 years ago, you wouldn't even have known about this. Social media has made it all like this, this barrage of digital information. Like I don't think our brains and nervous systems are there to support that. Yeah, there was someone I was reading that's even when you talk about climate change, it's saying it's not necessarily that it's, I'm, listen, I don't want to downplay it for people get upset, but it is an issue potentially you got to deal with down the line, but people act as if the world's going to go up in flames tomorrow, right? And like, so, there's things that we can change, but people been here are, for billions of years. Yes, and they're getting they're stressing out every single day, having these arguments and fights and poli- whatever. And it's not it probably won't affect them in their lifetime ever. I mean, sure, we need to be good stewards of the planet. And sure, we need to be good That's- stewards of our lives, but the Earth is fine. Like the 
<laughs> I mean, the earth's handled way more than we could ever imagine. Yes. I like to think of my stress as as money. So if it's not worth to spend the dollar on, the $10, the $20, I try not to spend it. Mm-hmm. I really, I really try to monitor my stress. Is there things that Dr. Conover has taught you that you do on a daily basis to manage stress? I know you said you did infrared a lot. Yeah, and, and I don't manage stress too great. Let me be clear. <laughs> Obviously, the NAD has helped. The The infrared sauna has helped tremendously. I think, and, and you say this, and you'll be able to explain it better, but being able to establish like the hindsight from the foresight, like everything is not as important as it seems right in this moment. Like we're the ones that make that up. We're the ones that create that and it's artificial. So yeah. I think it's the, for all of us, it's a work in progress. I think we, I think what I try to impart or what I've learned or the wisdom is, is because a lot of the people we see in ourselves included are high achievers, right? And we think that we've reached this status because we fought to get there, we've struggled, right? And, and I'm not saying that you need to give up, but I think a lot of the wisdom is being able to allow acceptance or to surrender to, you know, the kind of the rhythms that life creates for you. You know what's really helped with my stress? And if you know any anything about this, I would love to know more. My PEMF mat. Which yeah. is, I do it too. Yeah, we, we have one. Can you talk about that? We've never talked about it in the podcast. And I was oh. telling Michael, he was... He was like so stressed because he didn't get any sleep. I had to hear he didn't get sleep about 6,000 times yesterday. Well, let me tell you, I had to fly into LA first. <laughs> Here we go. He's going to tell you about it. came back the oh, same he's night. Tell you. That's stressful. That's, that's stressful. a lot. That's yeah. a lot. Yeah. That's a lot. Yeah. I had to hear about it. So then I made him lay on that mat and I feel like it helps so much. Can you talk yeah. about the science behind that? I, I'm not an expert, but the way I think about it is, you know, there's magnetic forces, like there's electrical forces, there's physical forces, there's chemical forces. All of those uh, exert themselves on our bodies on the cells and the the pulsed electrical magnetic force is helping to get that magnetic force lined up it's just getting the cells back in line and so you know they do for example a little bit more in depth they'll do transcranial magnetic stimulation for people with cognitive issues depression you know neuro neurodegenerative diseases because you're helping the cells align magnetically and so lying on the mat and then you're getting the presence of that magnetism right it's just like when people have magnets right that they play with you're getting things lined up when you line things up it just makes the cell more efficient we have I one too we have a higher dose mat i love uh, a higher dose mat that's it's what i good. got kelly and it you know has the heats up and get on it and you really like it before bed oh yeah you should do that if you're having trouble sleeping i'm gonna tr- I do too. i'm gonna try it tonight so here's yeah. what i do and this is like the biggest hack ever okay I do this. I've been doing this every morning for a month and my stress is so much lower. I go in my room, close the door because you want to be alone. I turn on the mat to the highest PM. Yeah. RF. What's PMFR? What do you say? I'm not sure. Okay. I don't know. I turn on the mat to the highest it can go. And then I put my legs up on the wall. So my legs are up. So it's draining the inflammation and calming my nervous system down. Mm. Then I put on a meditation while my legs are up, while I'm laying on the mat. It's a whole production. No, no, it's, it. it I'm telling you. i Kelly's nighttime routine. And, and yeah, you should say Kelly and I would get along. <laughs> Kelly in another world will be lesbians. <laughs> then you put, you put know, a, so funny. a block under thing. your neck and you, you do cranial sacral while you're on the mat with your legs up meditating. And I am telling you, 20 minutes, you are brand fucking new. See, to me and probably Michael, that seems stressful. I have to remember all the stuff. Let me tell you why. I also like you CBD on my neck. Why? I'll tell you why I'm stressed. <laughs> I have a base level stress already of probably like three to four running all the time. I have yeah. to manage that. 
it goes up to about an eight or nine when Lauren constantly tells me how stressed I am. When I'm actually uh, not as stressed as she says, but by reinforcing it, it's like... Yeah. I never you know. understand people that yell at other drivers. I think that's such a waste of energy. I would never waste <laughs> no, no, my no. energy on that. I yell but, at myself. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So but men have this thing too because they yell at the TV screen with sports. And I don't think females understand that no. as much. Like you're just, you're like, you're not really like getting it out. Like you really think you're communicating in some weird way. Right. Yeah, I mean, Lauren, it's kind of like me trying to understand that long routine you just went through. Like, I might yell for that six works. seconds, but, but it's fine. We all and have then our... you put CBD on the neck, and I'm telling you, it's amazing. <laughs> I want to know Kelly's skincare routine. You, oh my gosh. I want to know the whole routine. It's, I don't want you to be like, hours. oh, I don't, I I don't care if it's time. 800 hours. <laughs> Tell the whole routine step by step. <laughs> No, no, you probably don't want to know it because it is I 800 do. hours. No, I do. It's, it's, it's in depth. I want to but know morning awesome. and night. Yeah. Well, so I have the the luxury of being able to try a bunch of different products, obviously. I don't have uh, my own skincare line yet. Yeah, I have some mixed feelings on it. To me, it has to be authentic. So if I don't feel I can add anything to the current market, like, it's not appealing to me to white label or private label. That's an ego problem in liquid form, is my opinion. So our skincare line, What's line, yeah, I mean, it's like if I can't add anything to it, I'm just putting my label on someone else's stuff. That's that's an ego issue. So we use, I think we have 12 different medical grade skincare lines. They um, run the gamut. Obagi to Neocutis is clinical, SkinCeuticals, et cetera, et cetera. So I use something from each of those lines. I don't have any allegiance to any skincare company. I just like ingredients and what actually works. And I think I could sit here and tell you verbatim exactly what to do and you could follow it verbatim and it not work for you oh, the way it does me. Okay. Because we're all so individualized. So that's why um, you really have to look at the whole person. We look at the commitment level. Like you are someone that is committed. So you will use 15 things. If I give him the same thing, he's not going to do it. No. So you look I at make people's... more of a four or five thing. Right. And that's exactly. gone up. That, that's good though. Yeah, for men. Yeah. Yeah, but you know, you treat the concerns. So you mentioned you had some hyperpigmentation. I brought you a few things for that. Hydroquinone is obviously the gold standard. 4% hydroquinone is a prescription strength, pharmaceutical grade. Sunscreen, as you know, and of course, retinoids. You can also use some alpha hydroxy acids. Those are going to be your main ingredients for treating hyperpigmentation. For me, I use a cleanser. I use a toner. I'm one of the people that believes you do need a toner. It level sets the pH balance in the skin, enables you to absorb everything that you're putting on after. So I spend a lot of money on skincare. That's the only place I spend money. So I want to be able to absorb all of it. So that is where I, I do it. So cleanser, toner, you have to have a vitamin C. So I do that. I think there's a bunch of different schools of thought on that. You can do the pure L-ascorbic acid, which is the most bioavailable, the most readily available for your skin to absorb and use. It can be a little more irritating and it has no stability. So when you open the bottle, you have to use it lavishly. Uh, it's not something that you want to skimp on. So I do that. I then use a growth factor peptide serum. That's by far, if you ask me, I, I figured you would ask this, Lauren, what's the one product that people should get? It's that. So if you think about it, uh, the building blocks in our skin, we have collagen, we have elastin, we have hyaluronic acid. So when you look at your daughter, like we start with this inverted triangle, high cheekbones, defined jawline. And as we age, it quite literally flips. Every single person, it all pulls down. That's because our collagen, our elastin, our hyaluronic acid is degrading. So what growth factors and peptides are, they're signal or messenger molecules, and they're able to travel deep into the skin and remind it what it was like when we were younger, i.e. to produce more collagen. I, I will get you both one and you can try it. It's interesting. Their clinical studies show result in six days of before and after use. I brought you one. I'll get you another. 
you'll love it. It's a product from Nia Cutis. It's um, a Swiss luxury line. Yeah, I'm much too vain to have my face go upside down and flip down. I, yeah. need, I, I need to get this thing going again. Whatever. Where are your but, balls going to be? Well, well, let's bring those up too. Dr. Conover, what do you got Between your toes. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. And then, and then sunscreen. So that is the morning routine. It's pretty lengthy. And then in the evening, you know, I think one thing that we're seeing more in the industry, people say what's changing in the aesthetic industry, two key things. The first is that people are entering it sooner. I see parents literally coming in with daughters age 15, 16, wanting us to put neurotoxin or lip filler in. I mean, some of it is too much, but you're seeing a lot of people come in sooner. Millennials, you know, millennials used to buy shoes and clothes and jewelry and all this other stuff, and they're now waking up. The skin's the largest organ. And certainly you guys own your own business. I see a lot of, it, it, it's interesting, you're, Michael, you're talking about men getting in the field. Like the skin is the calling card. People spend all this money on these houses and clothes and all of this stuff. And it's like, your skin is your calling card. No one sees your two hundred and fifty thousand dollar bathroom remodel. Yeah, know? and or cares. Right. This is, it's exactly. your face. You have right. it forever. I don't understand why people say yeah, I, say I, things when I, I spend my money on my face. 100%. I get a facial once a week. Well, I have no I, shame. I joke that. about being. It's my face. I saw it. Yeah, I, I half joke about being vain, but at the same time, like I think once I looked at all of these things from the health perspective, I'm like, why mm-hmm. would I want to? take care of myself in the gym or take care of what I, you know, of what I eat and then also but let my skin go to shit if right. I don't have to, right? Yeah. And I think if you look, that goes to like everything, right? Your stress level, your skin, your health, your right. fitness, all these things. I wish there would be more emphasis. And to your, to your point, I, I think people in this generation are not looking for a quick fix. They're looking for prevention. Exactly. Right? They're looking and, for, how do I prevent getting sick? How do I prevent right. getting cancer? How do I prevent my skin going bad? Like that's, it's shifted to that. 100%. And, and the other thing Kelly does, which I, I don't know if it's talked about in the industry, is she just doesn't use those products on her face. She's using That's it. where I was getting to. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, like, come- every night I'm putting these products on her back <gasps> and like yeah. her so the, whole body. So that's right? the other thing. You've got people entering the industry <laughs> earlier. Must be suffering. Yeah. yeah. It's the <laughs> prejuvenation component. Tough job. The second thing is we have older people staying in the industry longer. So it used to be, you know, you're 50, 60, whatever. There's nothing more we can do. Go get surgery or, or move on. But the non-invasive technology, minimally invasive, non, it is insane. And it's only growing and changing and developing every single day. I mean, there's plenty of people um, that believe we won't even have a facelift, a traditional facelift option in 10 years. You're like lucky I don't live by is- you. I would be in your office. I would be so annoying. I would be in your office once a week. Well, sure. when you come to town, you you may yeah. come more. You'd be doing IVs, skincare every week. Yeah. Yeah, like, you guys not? are really lucky I don't live by you. I would be so annoying. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, we would I'm be pretty there sure you wouldn't be. Yeah. I, you mentioned Obagi, which mm-hmm. I've heard so many good things right. about, and I'm a huge fan of SkinCeuticals. Is there a certain product that you would start with with each of those? If you have been following my blog for a while, you know I love a linen sheet. Linen sheets just do it for me. I mean, Brooklinen has all kinds of different sheets, but I like a linen sheet, specifically their linen core sheet set. It is absolutely magical. It's buttery. It's soft. It reminds me of shutters in Santa Monica, just like very beachy, but light. It doesn't make you too hot. It doesn't make you too cold. I personally like the white set. They also have a baby pink set that's absolutely adorable. My sister Mimi got it. So you got to go on their website and look. And I feel like this is the perfect present for everyone on your list. They have more than just linen sheets and sheets. They also have candles, adorable candles. You could get a gift card. This is like such a cute gift for the holidays. 
they really create beautiful, high quality home essentials that don't break the bank. I feel very confident recommending Brooklinen. In fact, I've put out my Instagram stories multiple times. I've blogged about it. I just think their bedding and their essentials are next level. They have so many five stars. It's absolutely insane. And it's comfortable. I know this because I sleep on it. I'm telling you, if you need a last minute gift, you got to check out Brooklinen. Give the gift of comfort this holiday season and save while you do it. You're going to go to brooklinen.com and use promo code SKINNY for $20 off with a minimum purchase of $100. That's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E.com and use promo code SKINNY for 20% off with a minimum purchase of $100. brooklinen.com and use promo code SKINNY. And again, just so you know, I like the Linen Core Sheet Set. Yeah, I brought it to you. So SkinCeuticals, they're they're not bad by any stretch. I think their entire camp marketing or whatever, it's geared around prevention. And that may work at your age, but most of the people walking into my office, they're more like me. We're past the point of just preventing. We're looking to maintain and even correct. And I just don't find SkinCeuticals products to be great at that. What they really shine at is their vitamin C. Okay, so, the C. Uh, it, it is. I don't care for it, honestly. I brought you one that is from Obagi, and it's got the hydroquinone in it. So okay. it's a combination. We sell more of that product. We're the largest Obagi account in the Southeast. It's And we sell more of that product than just about anything. And People can anyone it. use the products you're talking about? If you're pregnant, if you're breastfeeding, it's fine. So not with hydroquinone. You're, you're not, you ideally, I mean, okay. it's not that it's uh, bad. It's just that they haven't been studied. You okay. know, so we don't recommend that. So if you're pregnant and breastfeeding, you have to be careful of that. With hydroquinone, for sure. But mm-hmm. SkinCeuticals, if, would you use the CE or you don't like that one? So, so you could, I don't personally care for it, but you know, again, that's a personal thing. I think it, it breaks me out. I don't like the consistency of it. Okay. The interesting thing is in the clinical studies, so Obagi, they do a head-to-head study with, with SkinCeuticals and they win every single time. Most of skincare, if you think about it, obviously people want results. Like we're not paying for frou-frou crap anymore. It's, it's got to work. So that's the first criteria. The second is people like the fill, finish, and smell. You want to know why people bring products back or don't use them? It generally comes down to one of those things. I don't like how this feels. It's too greasy. It stinks. So that's where Obagi is considerably better. Okay. Um, yeah. I've heard of this line from so many people and I've never tried it. So I'm really excited it's to excellent. try it. excellent. You know, so they've been out there. They have over 30 years, more clinical studies than any skincare company. Over 30 years of clinical data. I wish that I had met you before I wrote my book. I would have had a whole section on you. What are, <laughs> what are some treatments that you think are super preventative for you know, someone from 21 to 40? What are some treatments that you would recommend? Radiofrequency microneedling. That's oh, great. I I, that's what I want to do when I come see you. Yeah, for it. sure. We do that actually. We call it the ultimate duo. I didn't come up with that name. I wish I did. But it's RF microneedling and it's followed by a cool pill. And the cool pill is actually just a unique setting on a CO2 laser, okay. which is an ablative laser. We do them in the same treatment session. Is so it we painful? Do, it is not. So that we numb you. And, okay. and we do have Pronox in the office if people want it. That's another thing. Pain is kind of relative. Some people have no issue and others want the Pronox. I have no issue with pain, but it has to have to do with beauty. Right. If it's beauty, I don't care. But if it's something like a hospital, I can't do it. Right. (laughs) Yeah, I saw that you don't like um, needles. Uh Uh-uh. But if you're telling me with NAD it has all these beauty benefits, I will bite down on a stick. You will both be No, you'll be fine. You won't need to. You've done done vitamin IVs. Yeah. You're doing peptides? Yeah. It's a needle. (laughs) 
Yeah. yeah. And that's well, you just get used to it. That one's yeah. little. It's, it's like an insulin Can you needle, talk though. to us about peptides? Tell us everything mm-hmm. about peptides. And Kelly, I would love to know what you're taking and if you guys take them at home. We Tell do. us everything to know. We've never talked about peptides on the podcast. Oh, you haven't? No. I'll keep it simple. Peptides are chains of amino acids. Amino acids are like the building blocks of life. And so what a peptide is, is just amino acids in different combination. We consider it a peptide if it's less than 40 amino acids in length. It's called a protein if it's greater than 41 amino acids in length. So they're small molecules. I tell people I think they grew up in the, they became popular in the fitness world. So you had competitive CrossFitters looking for an edge and they started using these growth hormone releasing peptides. I think some people are familiar with growth hormone. It's this anabolic hormone, helps people recover, rejuvenate from injury, helps them become lean, fit, stronger, fitter, faster. Problem with growth hormone is you can manipulate the hormones. Things can go awry if you use them incorrectly. But peptides, you can't. Peptides you inject and then they're very safe. So what I like about them is empirically, we can start really anyone on them. We rarely see any side effects, certainly no negatives. So very, very, very safe. They are injectable. Inject- re- re- real yep. quick, the yep. difference between someone that's going to use a peptide or, or just like a anabolic HGH hormone, growth yep. hormone, like how can they go astray using that but not astray with a peptide? So the peptide is just a signaling molecule. So it's going to travel to the part of your brain which puts out growth hormone and says push out some growth hormone. So as long, so you can't overdo it. can only it. do what your body's capable right. of doing. Yeah. You can't artificially change it. Yeah, so you're, it's not going to be as strong as growth hormone. Sure. But there's a huge safety component there. So that's one class of peptides is fitness peptides. Now there's peptides for your skin, peptides for inflammation, peptides for your nervous system, peptides for your immune system. And what we do is we combine them further into novel combinations. So people are using anywhere from 3 to 12 to 15 peptides at a time, right? And so then that's like people stacking supplements, right? Is that three to, tw- to 15 shots a time? No, so you what we do, yeah, so, so what we do is we pre-fill syringes. Got it. So we do it differently. We pre-fill syringes because we learned early on that no one's going to give themselves three to 15 shots a day. But if we do the work for them and all they have to do is take it out of the refrigerator and they just didn't do the shot, they'll be compliant. How many celebrities and big people are using peptides that we don't know about? A lot. <laughs> a lot. And a are lot. they using Most. anti-aging, fat yes. burning? What are they using? That and growth hormone. Yeah. The women that. too? Yeah, a lot of oh, women yeah. are using growth hormone, but they're using a lot of peptides now. I mean, I, could, I won't, but I know several, right? Very famous people using peptides. They're using fat burning for skin, to help, you know, all of the above. Can, and you can you use them when you're pregnant? You Certain ones. I just like pregnancy. I know you'd asked me this before. I like pregnancy to be as like minimal as possible. I just think, can you use them? Yes. I have a patient who's a famous actress. Interestingly enough, she was on some peptides, but got off that, but got on NAD and became pregnant. And her fertility doctor called me. And he was, he's this famous fertility doctor. She's out in Los Angeles. And he's like, wow, what you're doing with the NAD is amazing because it's like the secret sauce. I didn't really know about it. But he said, but what we do is we give pregnant women or women trying to get pregnant that plus growth hormone. Was his name Dr. Gadir? No. Oh. We had him on our podcast. Was, well, we, yeah, hi, do- hi, Dr. Gadir. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't you. Okay. <laughs> I want to I switch gears a little bit here because while I have you, and this is this important, and I, and I need to articulate this right because I know this is something that a lot of people have concern and there's also very opinionated about. When it comes to, like, so let me back up. Our pediatrician, obviously, when COVID hit, we were very concerned, like, what's this going to do with the kid? What do we, you know, I think mm-hmm. that's every parent's worry is what is it, how does this affect a child? Yep. And basically through the whole pandemic, pediatrician from his, you know, from his perspective, 
no real risk. You know, she was less than two years old. No problem. No issue. She's been on multiple flights with us. Like she's, you know, she's yeah. fine. And so that's a big sigh of relief to all the parents out there because we're mm -hmm. the data, especially now, the data points that kids are relatively unaffected by sure. COVID. A lot of people gave Lauren and I some flack when we moved to Texas thinking, oh, it's just taxes or it's business. But it was really just like, it was actually just options and getting away from a chaotic life in LA. Sure. We have family members, we have friends, we have all sorts of people that are like, okay, with some of these mandates coming down for children, they're really starting to revisit, like, do I want to stay in these places? And I think that's a valid question for them to ask because on one hand, you have medical experts telling them there's no risk for their children. Mm -hmm right? And that they're going to be fine. And the other hand, you're saying, put this thing in. And people use the vac, the, the, you know, the measles, the polio arguments, but that was different. Those, those things different. affected children, right? They were problems. So yeah. what do you tell parents that like, if they come to you and they're like, Hey, what do I do with my kid here? And it's, I know you can't get blanket advice. Each sure. family is going to have their own opinion, but to me, like there's a lot of hesitancy for children. I'd encourage people to follow Alex Berenson because he's he's an investigative journalist. He's not political. And that's who I follow for this because there's so many myths and so much misinformation. He just gets right to it in terms of studying the data and saying, this is what the, you know, the research shows. This is what any studies show. And, and from where I sit, I don't think there's really much any data to support vaccinating kids, right? I just don't, I think it's very, very small, if any, the, the trouble is we have no long-term data, right? So you could say, well, we studied 2,000 kids, we gave them a shot, there was very few adverse reactions, but that's only in the very short, compacted time frame. How do you know? And, and I'm not going to try to go down this rabbit hole, but you could argue looking at the science that the traditional vaccines, you know, measles, bumps, rubella, you know, tennis, whatever, and I'm not going to get into specifics, potentially contribute to chronic disease later in life. Now, people are going to be like, no, that's not true. Again, I like to question everything. Mm -hmm. how, how do you know? Have we really looked at it? Have we studied that? Yes, and, I'm not, and, and I think there's lots of great vaccines, and I certainly support that. I support people making informed decisions for themselves and their family. That's what I support. But I also support people being able to ask questions. That's a question. Well, here's, a, here's another question. If we've now learned that even if you're vaccinated, you can spread and catch COVID, sure. maybe, with, maybe with minimal, you know, um, symptoms. Yep. Then why are we, why is there such a huge push for children when we know we have the ability to wait a little bit longer if they're so unaffected, even if they catch it now? Because we know it's not preventing them from spreading it and it's not preventing the elderly from catching it, right? Even you, you may have lesser symptoms. But my whole thing is, why not take a little extra time knowing that the high, high totally majority agree. of children are safe Totally and that agree. it's not going to stop them from spreading it. So I just don't get the rush to vaccinate them. You're asking the great question. People are not going to like this question, but it's, but it's a valid question because if you were to say to me, Michael, they have to do this because it'll stop them from transmitting it and, it, and they are affected. I would say, okay, I get that. But if you're saying it doesn't stop the, tr the transmission and they're still unaffected without it, why the push? And they still I'm, need to wear a mask. Yeah, <laughs> sure. I, I, it, it seems like the question that I ask is, this is about antibodies, right? And so why are we imposing mandates on just getting a vaccine and you can't show your antibody status? Because if it's really about protecting people and about health, then understanding someone's antibody status is the key question. That makes absolutely mm -hmm. no sense. Right, and so even if you've had the vaccine, you still should 
have to show your antibody status, right? Because just having a vaccine doesn't necessarily mean you've confirmed antibodies to getting the vaccine. So I can't answer the question of why we're now going to force kids to get vaccines that aren't proven, probably aren't safe in the long term. But there's some some other narrative that's being, you know, played Yeah, out. I think this is where people, you know, this is where I think, this, this is what I what I don't like is, you know, your take, I, I can understand, you know, if you're of comorbidities, you're elderly, you need to, you, you should really look at these things. But we have the data on the other side showing that, you know, certain groups of people are not as affected. And they, the rush to just jump into something that we don't have long-term data thing scares, I think it scares a lot of parents, rightly so. I think it should but be scary. It should be scary, right? Because I can tell you this, like I'm not going to just blanketly listen to somebody on the television screen mm -hmm. or some health official that I have very little faith in tell me what to do with my beautiful two-year-old, right? Like it's just, I, I'm going to ask 18,000 questions and wait and not be the first in line. I find it very strange when some people are like, I need to be the first person to do something just because somebody in authority said something. Um, I, I think we share that same sentiment. I think there's beauty in waiting too. Totally. Waiting is so, every time I've made a decision in my life that's too quick, yeah. I always shoot myself in the foot. Well, I remember because it's not talked about much now, but if, if, if you remember with HIV, it took us a good 10 years to understand it like 10 years, we're, we're only in year two of this. Like, let's wait, study it, ask lots of questions, figure it out, we'll have a much better response. And, you know, with HIV, we've done a good job. You know, you get contract HIV, you can lead a long, healthy life because we had to study it for a long time. My follow-up question, is this, I mean, from a doctor's standpoint, is this going anywhere or is this something that's just going to continue? You know, because I know we keep saying flatten the curve, mm -hmm. flatten the curve, like limit, limit, limit. But mm -hmm. Just like other coronaviruses, is this going anywhere? It's just going to continue on and we're learning to live with it and building up stronger immunity or we just don't know. I don't know. My, I don't know. I mean, my gut says that enough people get natural immunity, get the vaccine, that it, that it slows down. Will it be like the flu? I think so. So it's just Seems like, okay, like it's it. flu season, but it's COVID season or whatever. Well, well I mean, yes, sorry. sorry, I was just going to say it's unique because remember, it's not all just about the virus. Yeah. I don't think so it'll be like political piece. I don't think it'll be like this is flu season. I think it will be more mandated or dictated by the shot, the vaccine. Like flu season seems to have a seasonal effect in the fall coming through and peaking in like January, February. That's why they, you know, encourage people to get the flu shot in October. So you have, you know, built up some sort of re antibodies to that. I think this will just be about we've decided that you need one to two shots every year just because. The, the trouble with all of this, I think, is I certainly don't know, but the truth in all this, I don't know how we ever get there. All these numbers, I think a lot of it, it you have to question. Not that it, it may be true, but it doesn't feel authentic. And yeah, so how do you get this information? How do you even know? people have lost the art, this, too, this of is, listening to their intuition. Right. This For is sure. going to sound bad. And again, like I sympathize with people that have been affected by this or have lost lives or loved ones, but... I feel this is one of the only, like, it feels like this thing needs a fucking PR campaign half the time. Like, you need to convince a, a group of people how bad it is. And what I always tell people is like, if this was so bad, it wouldn't take this much convincing. I'm not saying it's not bad and I'm not trying to downplay it, but it feels like there's an, like, if you tell anybody, if you go to them and say, hey, you know, I had COVID and it wasn't as bad as I thought, like, people get angry with you for, for saying it well, wasn't look what worse happened to than Joe it Rogan. Was, right? Like, yeah. Oh, of course, that's a perfect example, actually. I tend not to bring up Joe too much on the show, but. People were mad at him that he came out and said that he got healthy. They were mad that <laughs> right. he said like, it was That's where bad. we are. 
Yes. Like as a society, we're mad because you improved in three days. <laughs> yes, it's, it's like, but, it's, it's, it was saying but, like, well, it's, how come you're not saying this is as bad as everybody else? But, but it, I, I'm used to this because in the, in the world where I operate, like we call it alternative medicine and you hear stories like, I remember the story of this patient who did this alternative medicine treatment for cancer. And she went to, she had lung cancer and she went to her pulmonologist and they did a CAT scan and her lung cancer dramatically improved. And his, his question wasn't like, oh my goodness, what are you doing? He said, I don't want to know and don't ever tell me. <gasps> and that is very much the norm, right? Like, what? so I remember I had another patient, older, uh, elderly lady, I forget the type of cancer she had and she was getting chemotherapy and her grandson used to bring her to the appointment. And when I saw her for follow-up, she was in a wheelchair, looked horrible. And I was like, well, how are things going? He said, yeah, the oncologists say the chemotherapy is not working. I said, well, what's next? And he said, more chemotherapy. It's this weird thing where it's like, you know. But if it, that's, that's, that's really yeah. important what you just said. He said, the, the chemotherapy is not working. What's next? More chemotherapy. Yeah. That's what I have a problem with. Well, no, it's this, it's this weird concept. It's like, follow the science, follow the science, and then you'll see, we'll use Rogan again. We'll see someone that is in an old, not, he's not elderly, but he's an older demographic that got COVID yeah. and, and beat it. And like, wouldn't we want to study, even if he did use alternative medicine, how of somebody of that age well, did that and had that minimal effect? Like, we should study both the vaccine side and that right. side. It would that's I would what assume. I think. I mean, that's why, you know, I don't treat cancer per se, but patients who have cancer ask my advice and I say, I, I want you to be open to all of it. All of the therapies that out there I want you to explore, like surgery, chemo, radiation, the conventional therapies. But there's a lot of other things you can do. You know, why wouldn't you be open to all of it? But we can't because it's become very dogmatic. Right, it's very polarizing. What is the the drug that Rogan said? <laughs> well, I think people have. I mean, ivermectin. Ivermectin. What is that? The monoclonal antibodies, I think, is what the key is, and that's what he got, and I think that's why he got better so quickly. That's what President Trump got. Monoclonal antibodies is where people who got COVID early on, they took their antibodies and they just manufacture them, and then they give them back to people. Why can't they do that with every? Is there just not enough? Well, so the interesting thing is they are available. However, when we got COVID, I was like because we really struggled with it. I was like, what can we do? And finally figured out, could I, as a doctor, order the monoclonal antibodies? And it turns out that right around the time, the government limited, you know, distribution of monoclonal antibodies. So you guys couldn't get them? We got but why, some, but so, not much. so why is that? If it was, if it well, is available and you because, as a doctor believe they're helpful, why would <laughs> well, they? Well, because the conversation about COVID, and I think people can understand this, at least I hope they do, has never been about treatment. Right, it's been about prevention by you know social distancing and wearing a mask, mm -hmm. and then it's about getting a vaccine. We don't talk about the treatments, right? And the treatments we've talked about, ivermectin, they get berated by the media saying that this is horse medicine; it's dangerous. Let's be clear, ivermectin. Ninety-nine percent of people had no clue what ivermectin was or even heard right. the word before. It's been in use for forty years, yep. millions of patients. The guy who discovered ivermectin got the Nobel Prize in medicine in two thousand fifteen. There's no issues with ivermectin. I'm not going to say it works every time because I was taking it and I got COVID really badly, but it's certainly safe, right? And it's certainly already been FDA approved and like, what's wrong with that, right? And so the, the, the narrative has never been about treatment. It's always been about social distancing, which is arbitrary. We've already proven that. Like where does yep. six feet come from? Why isn't it four feet? Well, it's because some people decided six feet was better. Like literally or what up. about people that won't shake my hand? They'll just give me an elbow. Like that, the elbow is going to be different than the hand. <laughs> or a hug or whatever. No, the I restaurants mean, are the best. I, I know that's the best. I have right, to right. Um, fly frequently, whether you yeah. agree with 
me doing that or not. It's we fly. Yeah, fly. Yeah. Awesome. Um, and I find it, <laughs> I find it very, like, I just, I, I posted this thing the other day. I'm like, when are we going to quit this charade? Because you get on, it's like you take the mask on and off to eat and drink the pretzels and put it on. And then they make the announcements and they yell. And then they, everyone's it's, doing it at different mm-hmm. times. It's not like, there's not right. like an even coordinated eat, right, break right. where it says like, everyone take the eat. mask now. This it's everyone's <laughs> in and out. Then you're touching your face when you take it off. And oh, the reason so I say it's a charade, I'm like, this, you no, know, it's a charade. what it's are a we charade. doing, right? We're taking this on and off. We're drinking. It's not like I'm going to hold my breath when I drink or I'm going to chew a pretzel yeah. and like, you know, cover my mouth. Like it's, it it doesn't think, make any yeah. sense. It doesn't. I think that you asked a little bit ago, like, does this have an endpoint? I think so. I think maybe with this next election in 2022, there's going to be pushback. Maybe if people come out and vote that way, that there's going to be a tide that turns that says, we're not just going to take your what you're saying anymore. I mean, I hope that's. I hope we can continue to question and be open. Like we're well, asking the right questions. Let's assume though that, at I mean, this is a really aggressive blanket, but let's assume that the high, high majority of people, regardless of any vaccines, now are going to catch COVID because yep. if it would have just if it would have been eradicated or if the vaccines would have stopped, it would have it would have started happening by now. You get COVID. There's, I think there's a lot of people that are just so scared. What happens when I get it? Yeah. As a doctor, what do you tell those people to treat it? You've, you've gone through it. We've gone through yeah, it. I was texting with a patient today. I mean, he's got it. Yeah, I, I believe because it's so safe, you take ivermectin, you take high quantities of vitamin D3, you take high quantities of uh, vitamin C, right? You get fresh air, you get outside, you do things like infrared sauna if you can, or at least sweat, and you, and you do the normal basic things to take care of yourself. And you believe, most importantly, your mindset is you're going to be fine, right? Because that's the critical part to it. Any any foods you avoid or add? No, I don't think nutrition plays much of a role. Okay. Nah. Switching gears, because I can't have you guys sit here and not talk about Hollywood celebrities, all those things. What are some <laughs> some treatments that you guys see? I know you guys treat a lot of people, and I'm not asking you to talk about anyone in particular, but what are some things that you see that are popular that maybe maybe everyday people aren't seeing? Like, What are some like secrets? Well, peptides. Peptides have become mm-hmm. very popular in Hollywood. In the professional sports world as well, peptides are a big deal. They legal in the professional sports world? Most are not. Okay, but those guys do it anyway, for sure. <laughs> and there's one for skin called Glow. Okay, that we have. Yeah. So peptides, you know, we talked about them with the the in the shot form, but also you can use them topically, and that oh. helps the elasticity in the skin. So in your 30s, you obviously have to worry about the collagen loss and all of the things that come from that. But when you're in your 40s, then you have the sagging or elasticities. That's where peptides are great. We well, use we, the glow. Yeah, I right. want the glow peptides to yeah. put it on your skin. No, no, no. So that one you inject. That one's inject. Okay. Yeah. But, but other things we've seen, like we have a couple devices like lasers and then this cool tone machine for kind of getting muscles. We know of celebrities who get those machines in their houses. Mm-hmm. Many of them. Yeah. What do you guys think about this scandal with cool sculpting with uh, Lisa? The, like there, I think it's real. Linda, not Lisa. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's real. I I don't think she's owed more money from a cool sculpting lawsuit than she ever made in her modeling career. Consider, considering her claim is that it's, you know, deformed her and therefore prevented her from participating in the supermodel resurgence with her other modeling pals. I think that's completely bogus. But, I mean, there's side effects. You know, you have to keep in mind that all of these treatments, they're still the practice of medicine. So you can do them in the back of a hair salon if you want, but you're taking a real risk. And I don't know where she did it. I mean, I'm sure she did it at a reputable doctor. What exactly happened for people who have no context? 
Yeah, so it actually did the opposite of what it's supposed to do. So when you use, it's cryolipolysis, and I may butcher some of the technical verbiage, but essentially it's supposed to freeze the fat and then, you know, it flushes out in your body. Well, it did the opposite. So it caused her fat cells to enlarge, like I, I can't even imagine. But yeah, it caused her fat cells to enlarge. And I mean, there's some surgical procedures you can do to address it, but I mean, she's still beautiful. Come on, you saw the photos, but... But is it only one treatment that did that or was it treatments over time that she Multiple did? Multiple treatments. I mean, but it, it doesn't necessarily have to be. So the way that works is you only lose a small percentage of fat with each treatment. So I, I don't subscribe to the treatment myself. If I wanted to lose fat, I'd go get lipo. Like it, why do seven, eight, nine treatments, spend all of that money for what? Just, but I don't know. I tend to think of those things a little differently. But yeah, I mean, it's a real issue what happened to her. It is on the consent form. Whether she read it or not, I don't know. You look so amazing. What are some things that you do to stay in shape? Give us give us some secrets. Well, I, I like to exercise. I was a competitive gymnast growing up. So I think that got baptized into me early on. I was telling him, I remember being nine years old for perspective. My son's 11 and He's an amazing athlete, but he's very lazy. So he doesn't have the work ethic that, you know, he's going to have to have if he ever does anything. But I can remember being nine years old and doing a thousand sit-ups a day oh, wow. for gymnastics. <laughs> Crazy. So it You was, did this yourself? Well, with my, yeah, the gymnastics group that I work, that I trained with. That's a lot of sit-ups. Yeah. So, I mean, I did a lot of that. Now, I you talked about the thyroid. My weight fluctuates all over the board. It's, I told him, I said, I can gain 16 pounds in a meal if I'm not careful, but I can lose it quickly too. So, it's... But she consistently works out. Yeah. she's She moves. What's it's your like, workout of choice? Well, so I'm older now. I can't run. I don't like doing all that. I like to walk. My favorite thing, and we're we're opening a studio in the new year, is Megaformer. You do have some here. I looked it up. It's addictive. But you know, the biggest so thing is hard. just... Yeah, it's really hard. Is just it like move. a form of Pilates? It's not. So it's all strength. It's 40-minute 40 40 minute classes. You'd be hooked. All of the NFL, NBA, I'm most try of those that. guys are on it. Yeah, let's, yeah, you'll try it. Yeah, you're saying it's that so on hard. the podcast. I'm gonna send her a picture. I'll try. Yeah, it. I'll do it. You're gonna do it. Yeah, yeah you'd love okay. it. I've gone to weirder things with you. Well, it's what. Will you text me the one that you <laughs> found oh, really? here? I, I found a few, and I've signed up for classes each day that we've been here, and they're all on wait list. I can't get in, but it's called Urban something. But you know, it's interesting. Going back to what you said, like, what are all these celebrities doing? They're doing everything for starters, right. literally everything. Like what? Tell us some things. Well, they've got their nutrition dialed in. They're doing the fitness. They're, these treatments, the biggest thing, it's not the type of treatment they're doing. It's the consistency and the volume of treatments they're doing. So the treatment that we're talking about, there's cool sculpting, sorry, which is for fat. Cool tone, you guys would love. So that's for muscle, firming, strengthening, toning. The muscle does nothing for fat. You can do it on the abdomen, the glutes, the thighs. And it really works. It's bomb. It's a 30-minute session. It's magnetic muscle stimulation. So it's just causing these very deep muscle contractions, like really intense, really deep. You could never get that in a gym. Yeah. That's what they're doing. Well, they're doing that. They're doing peptides. They're doing infrared sauna. They're doing cold mm -hmm. plunge. They're doing IVs. And to Kelly's point, they're doing it all the time. Yeah, I mean, I have patients that I all travel to, and it, you would be shocked. Like, you're talking about getting a, a weekly facial. I mean, these people are doing... A lot of things. Like, what's an example of some, when you go travel to someone, what are they doing? I do all therapy a good bit. So, um, in South Carolina, there's a couple of machines, but I've done moral therapy treatments than any practice there. So, by default, 
All these other treatments, remember, they're designed very, very safe because they have to be able to be delegated to a nurse, an esthetician, whatever, because if the doctors had to do them every single treatment, they'd never make any money enough to do them. So most of the modalities are extremely safe and most of them are reproducible, meaning it doesn't matter which one of us are doing the treatment, we're getting good results. Well, therapy is kind of unique in that it's very clinician specific. So once you have been able to get results, it's for lifting and tightening the skin. We're working in some cases at the same level that a surgeon would be working if they were doing a facelift. Yet there's no cutting and there's no downtime. It's pretty great. How did you explain that, what that looks like, though? I can't yeah. picture it as someone who, like, what do you mean? What do you well, do? It's, it's, it's like a machine. Laser. Yeah. Okay. It's like it's, an ultrasound machine. Yeah. Okay. The device actually came to market in 2009. So it's interesting. You talked about waiting a minute ago and just how most of the best decisions are made when you wait. In the aesthetic world, there's something new every day. You know, there's a lot of snake oil salesmen as well. And just lots and lots of new technology. Some of it's not new technology. It's new brand names to the same technology. Most of the time, that's the case. But this thing has been around since 2009. So I'm here to tell you, it takes me forever to do it. It's painful to the patient. I'm not sadistic, so I don't want to sit there and inflict all this pain. Don't you think if there was something better, we would already have it? Hmm. We have more technology than anyone in town. Like if there was something better than all therapy for lifting and tightening, I'm first on the list to find it. Do you numb the patient before you start it? We don't because you bypass the skin and all the surrounding tissues. So I'm not treating on your skin. We're, we're going much deeper. The first to your deep dermal layer, which for most people is about a milli- one and a half to three millimeters deep and then your fibrous or muscle layer. That's about four and a half millimeters deep. And why not just get the facelift and call it a day? So it's, it's, and I'm with you, like I'm not someone that's just anti-surgery or whatever. I'm not a candidate for a facelift yet. You're not a candidate for a facelift. So the ideal patients for this treatment are usually in the 30s to 60s. Now I have a patient who's 80 that comes to see me every six months. I mean, she literally looks 55 because they've been doing these things. So they're prolonging it. So even if you do get a facelift, you still have, it's not one and done. I think people right. have to be really careful with these conversations too, because I've had somebody, you know, somebody we know very well, look at me and say, hey, you're a candidate to do a face or a brow lift. And then, you know, we talk to people that we trust in the space all the time. So we're friends with Dr. Dennis Gross. And mm-hmm. I went and saw him and he's like, whoever's giving you that advice at this age, this is like not good advice. And here's right. the complications and problems you're going to have. But speaking to your point, like, there's a lot of people that go, they talk to one person or one right. doctor and they say, hey, you need a mm-hmm. facelift and they jump in, but they don't have follow-up conversations with other perspectives and say like, what's going to happen down the line? And they just take that, like this person's a doctor and authority. They say, mm-hmm. I need a facelift. And now next thing you know, right. they're doing these things, right? I will say though, first of all, the differences between those doctors was one was in LA and one is in New York. And the one that's in New York told you not to do it. Mm-hmm. There's there's different well, he didn't, aesthetics he didn't just in LA to, and New York. He didn't just tell yeah, me not sure. to do it. He was like, listen, you could do it, but there's X, Y, and Z that could happen if you do do it, right? Mm-hmm. And like, I think people don't, they don't weigh right. those things against it, right? They just hear a doctor saying, oh yes, I'm a candidate. I could do it. I'm sure. good. And they they go and run with it. I right? also think, and Kelly, tell me if you think this is wrong, that there are a lot of 30 to 40 year olds that are getting lower facelifts and mm-hmm. necklifts and all these things. And they're on television. I can mm-hmm. think of a couple of people and they're not saying anything. And people just think they naturally look like that. They don't. That's where I get a little bit frustrated because I do feel like I've been so open with like I, my book. You can read about like everything. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's so many people that act like they just woke up like this. No, well, they well, the didn't. One, the one who says they just use olive oil. Yeah. I can't with that. Or, right. Like, no, come on. Yeah. If you're if you're using <laughs> your face or your body, whatever, I mean, if you're over the age of 25, 
I'm sorry. You've got to have some level of help unless you're just really genetically blessed. And I can tell you, I've and you worked in this industry. you probably are genetically blessed. That's great, but I've you're worked, still doing stuff. Yeah, I've worked <laughs> in this industry a long time. There's, n- I've not seen anyone that genetically blessed yet. I mean, it just takes work. You have to constantly stimulate the collagen. Everything in the aging game comes down to that. Before, before we jump, but two separate perspectives. Say, you know, there's a person that's a high performing person. They've they've listened to some of our other episodes that teach them how to do that. I'm just kidding. But like, say they've <laughs> they've gotten there. Like they got their fitness under control. They got their diet under control. They got a skincare routine. They're feeling good. They feel like they're ready to take the next step. They come to see both of you. They can only pick one or two things to jump into or speak to you about or do mm-hmm. some research about. What would those things do once they've kind of got the levels because obviously you guys can't tell people sure. how to take care of themselves or how to eat but mm-hmm. if they come to you and they've got these things already yeah. kind of on a base level for, for me it's nad and peptides like they are they move the needle very quickly okay they're NAD accelerators my, i'm looking into sure. that okay yep. yeah and if somebody's not in south carolina and they want to start looking at peptides i mean you can get your peptides from your site which we'll link out but yeah NAD and they're like, I so, should do this. So we do a consult over the phone. We talk about it. Sometimes we, we get people, their own nurses to do in their hometown or we train doctors. We have a big like network of physicians that we work with that we can refer them to. Okay, so and most likely you have somebody. what about for skin, Kelly? I usually start with skincare and I know that's boring and basic considering we've got all this amazing equipment and technology now. But if you're not doing it at home, every something that you do every day at home is so much more important than what you're going to do, you know, once a quarter or whatever in the office. So I usually start there. We have a lot of folks that travel to us. We travel to a number of folks too. I can't take all of my equipment, so that's kind of a headache. Uh, so if they're going to do the lasers, they're too big and bulky, they've got to travel to us. The old therapy, they have a nice little travel case, some of the microneedling they do as well. I am going to come to Charleston and I'm just going to book the hotel closest to you guys and just come every <laughs> single day for something different. Yeah, we're, we're very we, results-driven. We want yeah. you to be wild. And I, I think for me, I like to start with the lasers because I know I can wow people that way. We're not but, debating on whether you're seeing yeah. a change. But, we're, but this is how we set it up. So this is what happens every week is people come in and kind of do all of this stuff I can't in a wait. week or so. This, yeah, uh, yeah so I could come for a week and like... Totally. Oh, yeah. And, and enjoy the heck out of and it. And I will post it on Instagram story and not say it's olive oil, you guys. There I will not lie, but that. I will tell the truth. I only use olive oil. <laughs> <laughs> I have achieved I didn't want to say who it was, yeah. but it's... When, it was when <laughs> the same one using growth form. <laughs> any any yeah. advice blanket statement is just olive oil. That's all. Right, right. Yeah. Where can everyone find you guys? Pimp yourself out if someone's in, in South Carolina. Tell us where we can find you if they want to get in touch with you. Share your Instagrams, all the things. Go ahead. Our, our Instagram could use a little help, but it's Conover Aesthetics and Conover Wellness. We both have an individual website. And then, yeah, but you can obviously call us. Instagram seems like the easiest path nowadays. I do have to say when I see an injector or someone that is a doctor having this like wild, amazing Instagram that's popping off, I question it. And I'll tell you why. If you're spending so much time on your Instagram aesthetic and Mm -hmm. posting yourself, it feels to me like you're not in it maybe for all the right reasons. Totally. We talk about that. And if you've got the time, I mean, to be all on Instagram filming, it's like, what are you doing in real life? Because you're not doing what you're professing to talk about. I, I actually like 
having having doctors that are a little I don't need like a celebrity doctor. If you don't have a million followers, I can't come and see you. <laughs> well, <laughs> you guys are different. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm just kidding. Somebody said um, the other day they were talking about the TikTok trend and you've got all these surgeons yeah. doing the TikTok videos and partying the night before and now they're going to slice into your face and body and that's interesting. But someone commented and said, yeah, I'm always accused of being boring and bland or whatever. And I'm like, well, yeah, but boring and bland doesn't typically get sued. Right. <laughs> I mean, it's ridiculous what's happening with social media. And you're it's trusting still them with your face and your body. I think that's like something that is a bigger yeah. conversation too. For sure. I want to come to Charleston and have both awesome. of you separately on the podcast because this was like, there's so many directions that we can go. This was super informative. Thank you both so much thank for coming. Thank you for having thank us. You for yeah, having thank us. you guys for coming in. At conoverwellness.com. Yep. Okay. I'm glad we did. It's important to have you guys both come in in person, right? right? Like I would. Well, I like that we both husband and wife, and we can have this conversation. Yeah. Like that's we love awesome. working together. We can tell yeah. you guys do too. Yeah, so yeah. It depends on the day for us, but well, yeah. It depends. <laughs> I don't believe that. Today I was like, I don't know about you. <laughs> we, we, we have our moments, but you know. Every couple does. Yeah, for sure. We it go through them on the air and everyone hears it. Yeah, and they they, they comment about like, Being a couple right is wrong. like working on your skin. It's You have to work on it every single day in the infrared sauna to make it work overall. We're no, getting it infrared, To your point, I, I think, and listen, it's different for everybody and I don't ever want to tell people how to be in a relationship. But for us, I think it's interesting to go back and talk about like, oh, that was a really cool conversation or we did this or we're focused on this goal because I think we would both at least with each other get bored if we didn't really have an understanding of what what we were all working on together exactly. and focused on and but also you, know. you guys are leaders and you set examples for mm-hmm. for couples right and it's not talked about enough but like one of the core problems not to end on this note or whatever but core problems with our society is that we don't have these values that we're promoting and here you guys are husband and wife you know working together being publicly open about your relationship like that's awesome. Thank yeah, there's you. a real yeah, like you guys um, are super thank you. That, that's, a, that's that's a really nice compliment. But there's a you know there's a this it's like a throwaway culture. It's like oh that didn't work for a little right. while. Let's throw it away. Like, right. I think we're both committed to working through all the the tough shit. And it's not to say like we probably have I'm just as many issues. I'm gonna play this back for you if you ever fuck with. No, me. but it's true. We have <laughs> as, we we probably have just as many issues as other couples. But of we're just committed to working through exactly. them together. And that's the that's, that's what's what rewarding. It takes. Yeah, Michael loves compliments. Don't let him fool you. No, but you, but you're but you're being examples, and we need more examples. Thank you. We definitely Thank need you. more examples, public examples. Thank you. Now, you guys yeah. are super impressive. Yeah. Oh, Thank, Thank you. you. Well, yeah. Seriously, I got to get a fan now. Conoverwellness.com, Conoveraesthetics.com, Conover with a K. We'll leave it all in the show notes. Thank you guys both for coming on. Come back Thank anytime. I'll us. see you in Charleston. I'll be living out Thank of you. your uh, establishment right now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Thank okay. you guys. Awesome. Thank you. Since I gave Dr. Conover and Dr. Kelly Conover a book, a copy of Get the Fuck Out of the Sun, I felt like I should give away one for this episode because it was so based around skin. To win a signed copy, I will sign it personalized to you. All you have to do is tell us your favorite part of this episode on my latest Instagram at Lauren Bostick. It really helps us to grow the show to see what you guys like. And as always, we appreciate your support, your reviews, Tell a friend, spread the word.